that's when I advanced to methamphetamine. And I noticed... At 14? Like at 14, yeah. I, uh, you were doing meth at 14? <laughs> I'd never known what a healthy relationship is. Um, and it was based on false principles and false reality that I really didn't know how to love. Because I don't know, I didn't know what love is. Press lips and a crowd to please. So hot, like I'm out to feed. Three, two, let's go. Where does he live? I'm like, oh, he lives in a gated community. Yes, very <laughs> gated. Very exclusive. A very exclusive yeah. community. Let's see. Are you ready? So hot. It's like, okay, what do I put on my profile? Yeah, fresh out of prison, fifth term. You know what I mean? It's like, right. um, I, I, well, I'm allergic to drugs and alcohol. Because you know what happens? I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humble and Hungry. I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Welcome back. I am very excited about today's episode because I have been talking about getting this guest on for a very long time. <laughs> and it's actually my brother. Uh, his name is Carlos, and he has been in and out of my life for my entire life um, due to his struggle with addiction and being in and out of prison. Um, and I'm happy to report that he is out of prison and he is sober. Um, and he's going to be here talking with us about his journey and about his, his life and um, and his story. And I think that it's a fascinating one at that. Um, and if it can help one person, I think that's what, what the goal is here. So I know, I know a lot of people who struggle with addiction or have loved ones that struggle with addiction. And so I just think that it's so important to be having these conversations and making sure that, you know, that you're, that you know that you're not alone, um, because you're not alone. And you're not the only one that's dealing with, you know, someone that you love that's struggling. And so I think having him on and, and talking about, you know, his perspective is really quite fascinating. Um, and we're going to learn a lot. And I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, I, I love him dearly. And, you know, I hope he knows that I, you know, myself and my family will always be there for him. And as hard as it can be, um, at, at the end of the day, we're family and that's what we do. We, we stick by each other and we support each other through the ugly, you know, and, and the bad and obviously the good, but definitely through the bad. Um, so this is a very special episode for me and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have him on. I know I'm going to have him on, uh, more regularly in the future. He's just, he's, he's a bright, um, He's a bright soul, and I hope that, uh, you know, he is strong, um, he stays strong, and I hope that everyone else that is dealing with some sort of addiction is staying strong as well. Um, you have a support system, you have people that love you, and and you're not alone. So, with that said, <laughs> actually, before I go, um, we're doing actually a part two uh, on Patreon, so... After listening to this episode, go to Patreon and go listen to part two because it is so freaking good. We talk about um, all of like he's spilling the tea in prison and it is so hilarious and mortifying and wild. 
Um, just like the things that they make and the women in there. Yes, women in there. And um, uh, like just the craziest shit. Okay, like prison sangria. I mean, like they're like, <laughs> he gets he gets into all of it and like the politics within it and how corrupt. Um, you know, all the like the sheriffs and 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 the correctional facility, you know, officers are and um, just like the gangs within the prison. I mean, the whole thing is wild. So go to Patreon and go sign up to go listen to that ad free um, episode and to the episode that I did before that with um, with my sisters and, and Catherine. And we had really fun girl talk. So you get to have access to all of that. Um, Okay, sorry, I'm rambling, but I'm gonna let, let's just get into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Very, very special guest, my brother Carlos Pouchet. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Put the mic closer to your mouth. Okay. Like okay. That. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is so strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have talked about you probably since day one of the podcast, because, you know, the podcast is really about, at least for me, it's about having everybody sort of get to know me and my family and just life things, right. The things that happen in life. Um, and, and, you know, everyone's met Jackie and Jessica and mom and even Tati's, right. Like just people, my family, and they've never been able to meet you. Right. 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 Cause you know, you were living behind the golden gates, you know, yes. (laughs) when they're like, where does he live? I'm like, Oh, he lives in a gated community. Yes. Very gated, (laughs) very exclusive, a very exclusive community. Um, but you are now out, right. Um, of prison and you're sober. Thank God. Um, Amen. So I, I want to like really just let everybody, I want everyone to get to know you. Sure. You know, um, is it weird being on here? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Usually when I'm in front of a microphone, it's like on in court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I know. Uh, no, but it's so awesome that, um, we, you can make it lighthearted of a subject that's so difficult to talk about, I know. especially with, uh, such a successful family Yeah. and me being the black sheep you know, the elephant in the room. Um, but it also is amazing that I can ha- go and speak with you and your audience about just what I've been through. Yeah. And in order to be able to to use it to help others. Exactly. Because if I don't, then it was all for nothing. And uh, to tell my story and my struggle and, and yeah. just what I've been through and the family, what I put, the, you know, the family through. And because it is your story, and it is, right. and, and that's where you know I'd always told them, you know, I want to have a mom, but it's not my story to tell; it's yours. Right. Um. So let's sort of take it back a little bit. Sure. So, so we, so Carlos and I are ten years apart. And so he is, you know, we've just lived, you know how they say like siblings can all live in one household, but, but, but see things differently Differently and and experience different things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's exactly what happened with us. Yes. You know, we had, you know, parents that got a divorce and all these things that happened. And, um, and so I think you experienced just much different. Being the firstborn and the only male in a house full of females, I feel that like I took on the role of being the protector, the parent, because our parents were just going through their divorce and they were just dealing with their own issues. So I kind of feel like I grew up very fast. I've always been very mature. And with that maturity, I think I was very manipulative into, I think as, as, 
kids is that's what we do. We try to take advantage of situations. And of course, it's the parent's job right. to like, no, you're not going to do this. And, yeah. not, and so I just kept getting away with so much and so much that it right. just snowballed. Yeah. It so really how did. old were you when you like when you think that you started this whole like going down a bad path? Um. OK, so it all started in, I would say, eighth grade. Ninth grade was the uh, the transition. And of course, it has a lot to do with your social group. Yeah. You know, who you hang out with. Um, and that's how we and lived in a very, like, sure beautiful, prominent, rich community. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. You, it doesn't have to be in, like, the slums or right. live in Compton in sure. order for your kids to go down a bad path. And I think I was just trying to fit in somewhere, right? Mm. And I didn't fit in with the jocks. I wasn't, like, a student. Um, so I kind of found my identity uh, with drugs because drugs, like, it made me cool. Everybody wanted me at their parties. Everybody was like, I was like the super popular guy. Where's Carlos? You know, where is, is, is you know, right. people were like calling me. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? And it, it just felt like, oh, I, I, like I, I have I, a place. I have a place. Like I could get that girl. Mm -hmm. um, I could, you know, I'm just, it just felt amazing. And I was like, wow. Like this is that where I like, belong. And this is that must have given you like some sort of like adrenaline. Oh, just self esteem. And self -esteem like, exactly. You know, even though I just knew people wanted what I had, but just knowing that people were calling me. Right. And this was that like I was a freshman hanging out with all the seniors, mm -hmm. and going to the senior parties. And, and right. I remember we would go down to Rosarito, and I would steal Dad's car. And we, like, I couldn't even get into the club. I'd be like outside while they're all inside. And like some, sometimes they would pass me their ID and then I'd go in. But it just felt cool to be a part of the right. cool crowd. Because these were the right. cool kids. Yeah. And I think just once I found my identity, I go, this is my ticket. And when you're talking about drugs, you're talking about like marijuana. So that was a gateway. Yeah. That was like the total, I was like totally, yeah, man, you know, yeah. pot. And like I used to wear like the, the marijuana leaf. And, <laughs> yeah. And like it. it really just became like my identity mm -hmm. and then when they say it's a gateway drug it's absolutely a gateway drug because from there then i started going into like the electronic music like rave scene and you know obviously there there's like the psychedelics and you know mushrooms and acid and ecstasy and and that's when it was like you know and how old were you at that point um i would probably say like 14 about 14 15 i i moved really fast um and at that time when mom and dad were, were divorcing, it was, it was very, um, it was impacting on me. Yeah. And so I think that's when I advanced to methamphetamine and I noticed. At 14. Like at 14. Yeah. I, uh, you were doing meth at 14? Yeah. So, so here's the crazy thing is that, uh, my first girlfriend's mom, Kelly, the one I lost my virginity to. Yeah. Got me high. And so imagine, I lost the girlfriend I, or the mom. The mom. The mom. Oh. Well, the mom got both of us. Like it was just normal. What? She was like a biker mom. Yeah. So that's when I, I was at 15. I was working at a um, auto like auto shop where they do like yeah. oil changes and stuff. So I got a job. I'm working there. I go see my girlfriend in Sunland, and the mom is just like puts out some crank, you know, and like oh my god, crank is meth. Meth. Yeah. It's like the biker biker dope, whatever. And so I lost my virginity, and while I was high. So yeah, so for me, that was the norm. Like, so it was just integrated, right? With just that's just how it is. That's just that's normal. Like people wake up and have their cup of coffee. Like, okay, so sex yeah. is. 
That's the only thing that I, I know. And you like associate now right. those two together those or two. like a, being high with, with sex. sex. Yeah. Right. And it's so euphoric. It's such, um, it, the, the endorphins and the, you know, just, it's just on such a high level that, you know, especially methamphetamine releases the, you know, dopamines and it's, um, it's such a rush that that you just come addicted to it. And well, so, fuck. I mean, then you can't have sex like no, sober because then it's right. like this does not feel the same. Exactly. Right. So I associated love mm-hmm. with good sex. Interesting. And so that was one of the biggest mistakes in my life growing up in dysfunctional relationships because I was like, oh my god, the sex is amazing, and I'm thinking that's love, but we're in love. But right. no, it's not. And right. so once each relationship wouldn't work out, I'm going like, what? what am I doing wrong? So there was right. no, there was no substance. Right. And of course, you know, years later through therapy, I realized that, that there's no emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And if there's not an emotional connection, then it's just very shallow. Mm-hmm. It's just on the surface. Right. But uh, so I was, I had to learn that, uh, I needed to be okay with my feelings. Cause that was why I used because it made me numb. There was only mm-hmm. two feelings that I had good and bad. Right. So I remember going to therapy and, and I'm like just depressed and I want to cry. And then she's like, well, what are you feeling? And, yeah. I, and I, and I said, I don't know. It's just bad. Like I want to cry. I don't like it. So therefore I want to go get high. Right. So literally she had to show me the emoji sheet and I had to go pick them. Like it's this guy right here. Right. <laughs> and is it grief? Is it regret? Right. Is it right. shame? Is it? And I, I literally had to learn how to identify how to your I, emotions. Yes, because I, it, you know, emotional intellect. Yes. It was something that I lacked. I was like a 40-year-old 40, 40 man inside of a 15-year-old body not knowing how to feel and allowing right. myself to be vulnerable. Right. Because human beings, that's what we do. That's how we grow. And in order to grow, you must be stretched. So we're going to go through things, but it's how you go through these things. Do you hold on to it right. and make it toxic, which right. I've done my entire life? and. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So it's obviously now it's called opposite action. So I do the things that I don't want to do because when I do what I want to do, I end up at the golden gates. Mm-hmm. So therefore it's like, Oh God, I know I need to exercise. I don't want to no, go exercise. Right. You know, right. um, allow yourself to be vulnerable, you know, say the things that you haven't said the difficult right. things. And, and, and it's just been thing after thing after thing that, that, has shown me that okay in order to grow up you got to do grown-up things yeah you know and that's the hardest part is just you know planting those seeds and watering it and watering it you know because i could pray all day about like hey i i want to be this way right but if i don't do the things exactly that get you there and it's not easy responsibility is not easy accountability is not easy um you know dealing dealing with your you know the self you know um is the hardest part and it's just a it's a day by day journey. I just deal with today, you know, today I'm not going to use, I'm not going to drink and, and I'm going to, uh, use my tools that I've learned and, you know, repair the relationships to repair my life because the past is the past. I can't do anything about it, but I've learned from it. And I can tell that like, I can remember when I, the way I would think when I twenties, my thirties, like my forties. And it's like, wow. Okay. How fast time flies. Yeah. I know how fast time flies and everything that I used to hear the older people say is like so true. Like you blink and half the year's gone. I know. And I feel like, you know, whether we all either 
know an addict, are an addict. Sure. We have association to an addict because right. it's it is very very prevalent. Yes. I think especially now. Yes. Um, and so I think that if whether you're listening to this and this is resonating with you, or you know somebody and you play this for right. them, and you know let them hear it, mm-hmm. I just think that it's so beneficial to have this conversation and be honest Absolutely. about it. Absolutely, it's it's a topic that's very difficult to deal with, especially that uh, a lot of people don't know how to bring up the subject. Right, it's very like walking on eggshells. Um, but from being you know uh, an addict, uh, alcoholic, it. it it really touches your heart when someone comes out and says, Hey, are you okay? Like, right. and not in a judgmental way because people usually put, they get pushed, they push back. You right, know what I mean? Right. And they shut down. Right. When you come in a loving, open, like way, a heart, you know, open arms and say, Hey, listen, if you ever need to talk, mm-hmm. if you ever, you know, I'm here for you. Yeah. That goes such a long way because. Like when they're sober or no, when they're. even when they're using because yeah. a lot of times, okay, in the beginning it's like, yeah, party time, but party time becomes into this black hole you're just depressed and you're in your shell you want to isolate and then it's like the daily grind to you know get high again get high again then it just becomes a demon ball and chain and so it's such a depressing place it's like no one understands me you know you've seen all your loved ones or everybody's living their life you know you look on facebook and it's like oh my god so and so they have a mortgage and they have a house they have kids and it's like what do i what do i have right I have a pipe and like i'm in a motel right you know or on the street and so it's such a so how do you Dark get place. out of that, though? You know, or how do you help someone get out of that? Is it something that you have it's to? It's something. Okay, of, of course, the, the person has to have a willingness to change, the ability, the willingness, right. um, to to want to change. And I mean, of course, you can plant a seed in someone. Like, hey, you know, they ask you, "Can I borrow twenty bucks?" Okay, well, what are you going to do for me? Okay, well, will you go to one meeting? Yeah. Like, you know, because they're. Plant seeds in them or, or, hey, would you sit down and talk with this person? At least just hear them out, you know, and you never know what's going to stick. Right. Because until I went into the rooms of AA, like, I know what I had heard and what, like, was portrayed about it until I actually went. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, this person's talking to me. This person's talking to me just by listening to their testimony. And, I'm, and yeah. I would identify. I'm like, wow, here is a group of people that are from all different walks of life and have the same heaviness or like, yeah, I can relate like really with them. dealing with something. something that's, yeah. And we're, we're all, we have a commonality. We're right. all, we all have something. You're in, connected in, in, in that connected way. Connected in that way. So now you identify. So right. now you found your Community. tribe. Yeah, you found your tribe. tribe. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, people. Okay. That just opens up hope. Right. So it, it plants a seed. And I think that's the biggest thing because if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if a person doesn't have the awareness of something new, then they don't know. Like you just, if all you see is black, all black, 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 right. you don't even know white exists right. until right. like, oh, wait a minute. I just saw a little bit of white. Like right. it exists. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So especially nowadays, it's very scary of the epidemic that's going on. One thing is not like, okay, well, I'm just going to do Coke. I don't do that. I don't do the opiates with the fentanyl epidemic and what's coming. Right now they have something called carfentanyl, which is, uh, fentanyl is a hundred times more potent than heroin. And carfentanyl is a hundred times more potent than fentanyl. And fentanyl is like a... It's a synthetic opiate. And it's, it looks like a white substance. Um, it like comes how would it, you know how to identify it? You can't. It looks like Coke. I mean, it, it's a, 
it, it comes in various forms. Okay. Um, but it's most of the time it's a really hard rock, and I've seen you know there's, there's like black, pink, white, um, and the thing about and where it, does that and how do you make that? So that is coming from China. China is uh, importing to to Mexico the the raw chemicals, and then you got these guys in Mexico in these uh, backyard laboratories just mixing this stuff up with like no ratio, like there's no scientific anything. Right. They just like in a barrel and make it and put it out. They don't care. That was like the old school brownies, like when you'd make like pot brownies right. and you didn't know if one brownie had yes. like a shit ton in it or well, if you got yeah, a brownie that had nothing. Had no idea. Right. So so it's like. And then also now what they're doing is that they're putting it in Coke. They're putting it in meth. They're putting it on weed. They're putting it in... Because it's every, so cheap? Because it's so addicting. Oh. And for them, it's like, okay, but it's killing so many people. So, you know, uh, business-wise, why would they want to kill their customers? Well, yeah. if two die, let's say, and 20 get addicted, for them, that's a good investment. It's a win. They don't care. Right. So they want to get everybody hooked on it. So that's the scary part is that you never know. And you could say like, well, I, I don't do opiates. I do cocaine. I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you do, you get a batch of cocaine. And next thing you know, you, you're, you're dead. So it's, it's, you know, this epidemic is just, it's. And then what, what was the carfentanil one? Yeah, the carfentanil is a is hundred times more potent. And because what's that? So it's just, it's a heavier dose of the fentanyl. It's, it's just a high, it's more potent, potent, more potent because people are already getting, building up a tolerance to the fentanyl. See, they'll start on the heroin and, and, and the human and body. And what's the difference between the heroin and the fentanyl? It's more potent. I, so but, but like, you, but like you're like, so, what is actual like feeling like you, cause heroin makes you feel like, so if like anybody like that's taking volume, anybody, okay. So I don't know if you've ever taken like a pain pill, like yeah. when you're at the doctor, okay. You, you, oh, you pop yeah. a Percocet, you pop, yes. a, a, you know, a value. It like relaxes your body. Yeah. And you know, you just, it feels good. It's just like, oh, right. you get this warm, like sensation over your body and people are just like, oh my God. And this that's is, what heroin is? And that's what heroin is. See, that's why so many people that have legitimate um, injuries that go to the doctor for a broken leg, a right. broken get back. Addicted. And get addicted because now prescriptions are so hard to find and it's so regulated that people build a tolerance. So instead of taking us prescribed, you take one, they pop three. And then right. they pop five. And then five doesn't do it anymore. Now it's six. And then they run out of their prescription. They're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Doctor won't refill it. You can't doctor shop anymore. So now what's the next thing? Ah heroin and then it's 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 just you know you you progress it's a it's a it's a disease of progression right and next thing you know it's like oh my god now like the next harder thing yeah well they start off smoking it and then they're like snorting it and then next thing you know well it starts shooting it because the effect is they're always chasing that high. that high and then the thing about opiates is that you become physically dependent to where you get sick and you withdraw so not not only is it mental but it's physical you can die from a withdrawal can't you um like if if you you, if you don't properly withdraw or no heroin no but i mean you can get very 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 sick yeah but the only ones that where you can die are benzodiazepine and alcohol withdrawal you can die from alcohol withdrawal oh absolutely absolutely that those are the two um, what's the first one that you said the benzodiazepine xanax Oh, Zannies and, and the, the, so, the all the all the Pam family, the Diazepam, Lorazepam, Diazepam. So um, that is different from like Valiums and. Yeah, and no, that's all in the family. Oh, that is, yeah, that is, okay. yeah, that, that is, and those are the ones where you actually have to like wean off of, wean off of because you, yeah, you could just go into like um, into like convulsions and shock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a scary one, and like I, I never understood what it was to withdraw from alcohol, and it's horrible. 
Like it when, is. Hor- when did you do that? You shake. Um, yeah. I think I, I had gotten sober from the meth, and then I said, "Well, hey, I can drink," you know, like. Uh-huh. Um, and and I'm a feel good junkie. Yeah. Like anything that feels good. Yeah. I just do it in abundance. Yeah. So from food, sex, um, you know, I'll, and I'll cross addict. I'll go from one. Th- I'll stop one. Well, I can do this. So I just took alcohol to the tenth power, like yeah. you know, and um it got so bad that I was drinking like a bottle or two a day and to the point where like just shaking. Yeah. And um I remember just like oh it was just ho- it was just horrible. Like the sweats yeah, and like the, all of that. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. And then the like wow, I, I gave alcohol such a respect that like, oh my God, this is just like people that are like 20 years. Yeah. And look at our grandmother. She died from psoriasis of 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 the liver. liver. And like, and I get, before I resented her a lot, like, you know, because I didn't understand. And that's a thing. That's the problem with a lot of people like workaholics and, you know, alcoholics and addicts and whatever it is that you're doing in an abundance Mm -hmm. that where your life has become unmanageable and there's an issue, you know, um, you don't know. I don't judge. You know, or right. put any. You know, any anybody's walk or anything that they've been through um, until you walked a mile in their shoes, and it's just like wow. That right. really opened up my eyes to like whatever it is that that person's going through. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 in the end, it's. I like, think if you can look at it that way, like look at our dad. Our dad mm-hmm. is works nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. And when you're a kid, you don't understand that. Right. And then you're an adult and you're like, oh, I get it. Right. He needs to put food on the table. Sure. He needs to, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's, whether he made time for family or not, whatever, right. he worked his ass off sure. and one could call it a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Grandma also, you know, alcoholic and, mm-hmm. and whatever. So I, I think that, yeah, I think when you change your perspective on, on, on maybe what we think is an issue. Right. And the one main thing, especially in the Hispanics yeah. uh, family, it's like willpower, you know, tienes que ser fuerte. And it's, right. it's, 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 it's a disease. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a disease and it's, it's a culturally dis- like a, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the, 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 what is it? Like the, the way, just the way that the Hispanic culture is, is yeah. they're not up to date as far as like how you know what it is and they're they're very old school right and so what they do is it's like they also uh enable because they're like okay well mijo's this way so i'm gonna have him move in with me and at least he's doing it here and i can you know watch him or or protect him i don't want to be him to be out there on the streets and die and it just gets worse and worse and worse you know and it's like systemic cultural like right can you see like how many how many of these families have like their generationally yeah. yeah you know they always have that one that lives at home and he's you know he's the black sheep and he's in and out of prison and jails right. and this and that and, and and then they end up either dying of hep c or cirrhosis or, or just or they end up homeless right so um and then also that um a lot of things that are not dealt with is the mental health issue right people that have uh mental health disorders um it's like they say well do you use because you have mental problems do you have mental problems because you use and just like anything um we are predisposed to certain things like for example the Poucher male line is like diabetes heart right. troubles and stuff like that from the mom's side it's like lupus autoimmune and the addiction so if you look down all the way from you know up you see like okay well like the amoni um and then and then you have my cousin yeah uh, me so you can kind of see the little tree right. of, of like who got uh-huh. who in and the gene the gene is and, it a gene yeah 
I think it's a gene. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think they've traced it back to to an addiction gene. Like they've done, they've come a long way with that stuff. And I mean, because you've gotten tested, did you did, have you done like full brain scans or anything? No. You know what? That's actually I was just speaking with uh, Doctor A, uh, my psychiatrist, who's come a long way in as far as brain mapping. Yeah. Because there's something called anhedonia, and that's called pleasure deafness. So. Pleasure deafness? Pleasure, pleasure deafness. You know when you're like, okay, you're going to go to Disneyland? Yay! Yeah. Right? You, like you get happy. You get A's in school. Yay! Yeah. Well, an addict, after he's been using chemicals for so long... Doesn't get that anymore. You, Your brain doesn't produce it anymore. So you're like, Everything I should is. be happy right now. Yay. You know? Um, uh, yeah. You know what? Carlos, but you have every reason. Look, my God, you have an right. amazing family. It's like, I know this, but I don't feel it. Right. And so it's like, and for a lot of people, that's what takes them out. And because they, because they, they don't they, feel, they hey. want to feel. And they're just like, well, I, I don't. And you're depressed. You're, and yeah, then, you're just. Right. And so, it's, and so they, it takes up to 18 months to like two years to actually for Build your brain to yeah and so dr a was telling me that she had just done uh brain mapping in one of her patients and they brain mapped at the time that she they were using from two years later and it was such a huge difference because wow. yeah because i was telling her that i noticed that i have memory problems and she yeah. said that's one of the uh side effects you know that's one of the, the things that happen yeah um but she said definitely that your brain does. So is it is it naturally like, like it just naturally comes yeah. back or can you take something like a supplement I mean, or I think you can I mean obviously you know you brain food and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. um but it's just it, you know it just takes time it just takes time you know heal. and uh, another thing was uh that I I was a adrenaline junkie you know everything was high risk and high um uh endorphin and and she said that I'm going to the only thing that's going to come not even, I mean, close to it is actually building connections, emotional connections with people in life. Because, and, because, because that, I've always sought out a, a chemical feeling, you know, and I'm all, I associate, like I associate everything with, with being, you know, a chemical, like let's right. go to the movies. Hi, let's go right. party. High. Right. Uh, I have a relationship. High. Like all of the like, relationships that I've been in has been high. Everything in my life has been high. So, not being high is like, whoa. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Like, oh my God, can I deal with this? Because we were talking, like, we went out to dinner the other night, and you're like, I have so much anxiety. Just Social like, anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, I'm sure that there's a part from, like, just being in prison and being, like, in yeah. confined. Sure. Right? That, yeah. That, that now you're, like, around a bunch of people. So it, it's like, I don't know, is that, is it's that very, part of the... And also, you know, I, I think that I am my own worst, like, critic. So yes. like I'm self-conscious and it's are. like, if it's really weird because it's like from one day to the next, I notice my age. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like a kid at heart. If I'm 15 and you know, yeah. and then it's like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God. Fuck, I'm getting old. I'm fucking 40. Yeah. I'm old. I'm like, whoa. So it's like, you go into this like midlife thing, like what have I done? And then it's like, that's, that's the enemy. That's the lie. You know, that just yes. wants you to go use like, look at you. You're a failure. You have nothing. You're going to be mm-hmm. nothing. You know, don't, you know, don't fight it. Just, just, yes. it, and it's just like man that's the lie and it's like no you know i love listening you know to these uh to these speakers and spiritual and it's like okay you're at your it's halftime right now you yes. the first half of the, of the game is done now what are you going to do with the second half like exactly. are you going to come be the comeback story 
or, or, or you know, or are you just going to let yourself be defeated? Yeah. You know, you can either use it to be the fire underneath you that that propels you. Yeah. Or you're going to use it as the crutch to say, well, I'm like this because and that's it that you only have those two. Exactly. And, and so it's like, I, you know, stay motivated. And uh, as cliche, a lot of these little sayings are, you know, I use them because they work. Yeah. And it just um, just day by day, hour by but hour. How are you doing right now? I'm doing great. I can yeah. always do more. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to be complacent and I'm, I'm trying to find a purpose, a reason because you, I don't, I have to do what I have to do in order to get to where I, I want to get to. Yeah. So a lot of things, you know, I'll take uh, any little job. Nothing is beneath me because before my pride, my ego, don't you know who I think I am? You know, right, and right, like right, right. that is beneath me. And like, you know, um, I felt like I deserve to be already an executive CEO yeah. when it's like, dude, I didn't even finish high school. Yeah. What do I have to offer? You know, like yeah. nothing. Right. Like I'm a people person and we all have our gifts that we're born with. And people are like, you're so smart. You know, you, you have such a gift and but I don't, I never used it yeah. to, you know, to better myself. I've always used it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, okay, God, you know, what is my purpose? Right. And I really feel that my purpose is to give back and help those that uh, are in need or are going through what I've gone through and use my story to, to help, yeah. you know? And I feel that, you know, uh, just educating families, family members, uh, addicts, alcoholics, anyone that's just going through you know, a rough period in their lives and, yeah. and how to just, uh, um, teach right. uh, families on, you know, what to do. Like these days, families have to be aware that if they, you know, they find a family member just blew or passed out, like it could be a fentanyl overdose and everyone needs to have Narcan and know how to administer it because you never know it's like it's a completely different generation to where it's like right. oh they're just you know they're high and this and that no it's like now it's death right you know what i mean right. and all it takes is just one like one curious friend that hey look i got these pills and your kid's like okay you know and next thing you know yeah. especially the ones that are people pleasers that are like okay exactly. yeah i'll just do it with you exactly yeah. and it's just so common it's just so and they never know like never know which one's going to be and i've heard so many cases of these sad stories of just you know so and so son yeah and you know like just did just it one time. one time one time yeah and all it takes one time. all it yeah. takes is, is one time and i mean i wanted you to come on because i feel like having a platform like this and being able to talk to people i think it could do wonders for you absolutely because i feel like then that gives you purpose it that does if, if one person's like hey natalie wow like listening to your brother mm -hmm. i was able to sure. you know get out of something or yeah and i feel like this is this could be that same sort of adrenaline kick it right is. Of, oh my god of being absolutely. able to be like Oh shit! Like yeah. I'm making a difference. No, it is. It is. And, you know? and just like if anyone has a question, hey yes. Matt, can I talk to him? Yes. Sure, I'm available. By the way, let's do that. So yeah. let's maybe in like the next two weeks or three weeks or something, send in your questions, everybody. Um, I will figure out a way for you guys to call in or or message or sure. whatever, and maybe you answer. Absolutely. And we do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And whatever it is, you yeah. know, whatever it is, um, I can direct them. I can uh, show them or or you yeah. know what to do. Because I, I also uh, went to school and became a count, drug counselor. Yeah. So I do have the educational background uh, 
And oh, right. We should, probably should have said that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and that was back in 2010. I, I think that that was like the period of my life uh, where I'm mostly proud of, where I was like, oh my God, wow. You were doing really well. I was well. doing so well. I had the laparoscopic gastric bypass. I lost weight. I was, had a fiance. Yeah. I was going to college. Um, and then life showed up. Life showed up, you know. And, and what do you think was like the um, catalyst there? I th- Because I'd never known what a healthy relationship is. Um, and it was based on false principles and false reality that I really didn't know how to love mm-hmm. because I don't know, I didn't know what love is. Yeah. You gotta love yourself first. Yeah. And I always found my identity with someone else. Like I was codependent. Yeah. So you can't love anybody else until you love yourself, Yeah. you know? And like, I would say, Oh, um, you want to go like, you want to go to a meeting? Well, just go by yourself. No, I never did wanted to do anything unless alone, alone. Like, mm-hmm. and so what I learned is to be perfectly fine by myself, but right. It's so hard. It is. But now I'm on, I'm on the opposite side to where I don't want to be with anybody. So it's, I've gone from one side of the spectrum mm. to the other because I don't want to be hurt, you know, and being vulnerable and opening, you know, yourself right. to, to, to being loved and to be hurt is something that's so scary to me because it just takes me so like right to the bottom. But and that's where you do have to do the work and show up for yourself right. and remind yourself that you are enough. Yes. And it doesn't matter it, it, right. regardless of what they do. Right. You should feel like you Absolutely. are enough. And today I realized this, like, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I am somebody's. And if I'm not yours, then that's okay. I'm not going to try to make the circle fit in the square because when you do, it just doesn't work out. And you're like, wait, what happened? Why doesn't this work? Well, it wasn't meant to be from the beginning. So therefore it's like, okay, hey, and you deal with it. It hurts, but you move on. And that's what, that's the healthy way of of dealing with, uh, with emotions and dealing with break. It just, it's life. You know, everybody goes through it and everybody deals with it. And, and I was like, oh my God, I don't deal with this well. So I go, I deal with it in a, in a, in an unhealthy manner. Right. Which, so you guys broke up and then, and then that's yeah, well, when I caught things- her cheating and that was the beginning of the end. Got it. And, um, you know, it was just doomed from the beginning yeah. and, you know, um, it just went down the path. Yeah. It just went down the path yeah. and then relapsed. And then I was yeah. going to work high and then it just turned into like this whole, you know, case. And then I went to prison over it and, um, it was, yeah. So it was something that became super toxic, super unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and you know, drugs don't help, right. you know, the paranoia and the, the, the mistrust and, um, but just the, the whole dysfunctional part mm-hmm. of it, you know, and mm-hmm. dysfunction was my function, you know, like, right. you know, and, um, was she sober? Yeah. Yeah. She was. she was. Yeah. She was, but she, um, she liked pills and stuff like that, but, but the, so that's not really sober. <laughs> right. Well, we were both like sober. Um, but then of course, after that whole cha-cha, she started using her pills and then I started mm. using mine and, and so it was just, it was doomed. Right. It was doomed. But, yeah. um, but ever since then, I just, I have like not really trusted or been in like right. relationship because yeah. just dealing with that whole pain. But maybe that's, that's God's way of like protecting you Sure. and saying, okay, you're not ready yet, mm-hmm. but when you are ready, right. I'll bring the right girl. Right. Cause I think that you also, you have to, I think we all have to bring something to the table. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think, and we all have baggage fine, but I think that for you, you just need to, 
do a little bit more work. Sure, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Before you can even focus on somebody else I, because I, you I, can't I, bring on someone else's shit into right, your life. Right. It's like when you're strong and you're good, then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do this shit together. And, and water meets water at its level. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So like right now I'm gutta. I'm gutta. You know, so it's like I, I need to propel myself, be in a better place to to where like, hey, okay, you know what? This is, you know, this guy has been through some things, yeah. but he's overcome it because right now it's like, okay, what do I put on my profile? Yeah. Fresh out of prison, fifth <laughs> term. You know what I mean? It's like, right. um, I, I, what, what do I have to offer? Right. What's your I resume? Mean, look what's like? my resume look yeah. like? You know, it's like, I'm a great person. On a I'm a human level, right? On a human level. But it's like, okay, well, yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and swipe to the, what is it left or something? Yeah. 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 Swipe right. Swipe, <laughs> swipe left, right. I don't swipe know. left. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't swiped in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all want to turn back the clock. For some, it's for vanity. For others, it's just to relive those glory days. For me, I would love to wake up every morning with zero brain fog in a clear mind and just be as energized as I was when I was younger. I know as I'm getting older and I'm ha- I have a baby and maybe I'm not as, you know, eating as clean or doing all the things that I should be doing. <laughs> I definitely have that brain fog. I definitely feel like I'm not all there. But thanks to first person, I can take a more active role in my brain's overall health. And after witnessing the deteriorating effects of Alzheimer's um, and, and what that had on their father and grandfather's cognitive health, brothers Chris and Joe were determined to take their brain health into their own hands. 25 years of research and experimentations later, they created First Person, an innovative um, precision-targeted cognitive supplement system, which uses the brain-boosting medicinal benefits of mushrooms to activate the full potential of human cognition and brain health. First Person supplements made with functional mushrooms aim to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. First person uses 100% grain-free organic mushrooms as well as a highly curated blend of nutraceuticals sourced from best-in-class vendors. Look, I've talked a lot about first person and um, there are multiple things that I that I really love about this brand. Not only, you know, do I feel like I am more focused and energized, I feel like I'm less anxious. Um, and you know, like this conversation is actually perfect. You know, the one I'm having with my brother, because we come from, from family of, of addicts and this doesn't have that addictive, um, sort of proponent to it. And so it's, it's all natural. It's, it's so good for you and your brain health. And so I'm very much an advocate of it and and highly suggest it. So start improving your brain health and cognition with First Person. Get 15% off your first order by going to firstperson.com and use code HUMBLE. That's G-E-T-F-I-R-S-T-P-E-R-S-O-N.com. Code HUMBLE for 15% off your first order. Get firstperson.com. Code HUMBLE. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
do you feel like you do things every day that that help that, that helps you or do it's something that you feel like you need to do yeah absolutely it's like um so i've had to learn how to take little baby steps in order to get to the bigger yeah. picture so um i have like my my uh goal board you yeah. know my, my daily uh tasks that i have to do um and then also if i'm ever feeling a certain type of way it's get out of self and go help somebody else mm-hmm. um because if I sit there and I let your thoughts let my thoughts run away with yep. it, I am my own worst enemy, and then all of a sudden, boom, I'll get an idea, and I'm I'm not responsible for my first thought, but I am responsible for my second thought and my first action. Mm. Because something pops in and you let it fester, you dismiss it. You say, "Hey, no, 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 no." That's yep. I play the tape all the way through. Okay, I do that. Then what happens? Oh, boom! And I realize that I'm allergic. I'm allergic to drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. because you know what happens. I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't break out of them. Yeah, no, I don't break out of them. Yeah, yeah. I get, yeah. You get it's in like, them. Poof, all of a sudden, you know me, so I know I'm allergic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. That, that so, is, that's worse than hives, honey. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And it's not like just like a tap, you know, on the wrist, but because of my record, it's like everything for me is like maxed out, doubled up, plus, 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 plus. So I'm like in baseball numbers, you know, everything's two digits. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I just, I can't do it. My, uh. I think it's, it's time, right? It's time that this all makes sense. And like Mm -hmm. you said in the beginning, you know, you're doing this for a reason to, what is it? If, if, if it's not going to, you do, if this means nothing, if, yeah, if, if I don't use my past and if I don't, you know, for a good, good good, good cause, then it was all suffering and it was everything that I put my family through. And like there was, there's no, it was for no reason. It was just, you know, and, um, you know, I want to, uh, help also people getting out of prison. I want to change, you know, go to legislation and, and, uh, do some reform because there's nothing for people getting out of prison to look forward to. They get out with $200. I've talked about this. This is, it's probably one of the the worst situations with, mm-hmm. with our, with our system. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's a broken. Wheel. It, it is. is. We're it's doing nothing. No. We have, we have no systems in place. None. To help people None. because even if they went in for a silly drug thing and then they're in there for two years and they come out, they have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. They and have only $200 to their name and no resources. No one wants to hire them. Right. Um, everything is background check. You can't get an apartment. You yeah. can't, you can't rent. So you're forced back to what you know, the right. street. You're back to, you know, resorting to crime. Um, you know, the, the recidivism rate is like so high, uh, you know, that that and especially oh my god especially i don't know if you guys have noticed in the news how crime is through the roof mm-hmm. murders robberies people why is being, that okay so due to covid the government yeah. handed out all this free money yeah and i mean i would literally see homeless people walking around with 10 fifteen thousand dollars cash in their pocket plus the edd um up, everybody but doing where are fraud. they getting the money they do fraud a lot, most, a lot of them do fraud. I mean, it was, they were literally like, but, handing what, it out. Where are they getting that? But like, what mailbox are they going to? Oh, that is like, you can go online and get like an internet mailbox. What? Um, yeah. Like, They're that so savvy, I, huh? I was frauded, right? I was frauded. Um, and they caught the people. They did $1.2 million in fraud, in EDD fraud. And they, they stole $20,000 from the PUA that I was supposed to get. Right. Will you explain how they did that? So what they did is they would go on to um, a public website. It's all public knowledge as far as who's in prison. Yeah. And they would take the names from the people that were in prison. And then they would go into the dark web and buy their social security numbers for $8 a piece. 
and they would. How is it only eight dollars for Social Security? It's number? economic. It's super economic. You know, they, they, <laughs> <laughs> it's affordable to all people. You know, uh, yeah. It's no. It's it's insane what uh, the technology and what people are doing these days. And be careful because out there, like at Seven Elevens, they are putting these fake. Um, or, you know, when you swipe, they yeah. have these little, um, they, they, they just go right over it and they steal your info. Like I've been watching TikTok, right? Where like, like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, and they're like just busting a lot of these guys doing fraud. Like they were just, you know, they, they t- steals your, your information and stuff like that. So always be very careful. Like when you're swiping or wherever you So someone's you're like putting it on there, walking away. Someone will swipe. They'll come back and just like peel that thing. No, no. So, so like, off. you know, so like here's where you swipe, right? And yeah. so they'll put like a fake, um, top on it so that when it's swiping oh, it'll, it's, it, 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 it steals oh got it yeah so it, it's like a portable <gasps> and, it, and it just copies it and then what they'll do is they'll they'll uh they'll transfer it to another card and then they'll use it oh, and it, and it copies no. all the info yeah it's so scary and then like facebook too if you ever get like these messages of like uh oh my god uh, the, the latest one i just reported was um do you know um look who died and there's like a weird link on it yeah people link on it and then it'll be like uh to to log into your facebook and that's a fake Facebook, s- Facebook and uh, site that gives them all your you know input data and all your passwords and all that whatever. So there's just a lot of things going on. Oh yeah, but back to uh, so there's so much money that was being given away by the government for the last few years that people are used to having money. Right. So now that they don't have it, it's like boom it's a crime wave because everybody stopped criming everybody had money like it was the courts weren't doing anything you could not get arrested if you tried during the pandemic <laughs> right literally and, and you uh, think it's because people had money yeah absolutely i mean people weren't doing crime i mean it was very low if you look at the statistics it yeah. was like super low super super low but now the courts and the police they're picking up everything everything is super backed up it's going to be completely, it's, I mean, overcrowded. Um, the pandemic money's done. So like uh, a lot of people from the North, if you noticed a lot of these smash and grabs where they're just like, it was really never, you never heard of it. Yeah. People, like, and, and so, so a lot of people from Northern California, that's a huge thing up there. They came down here. Now that's what I, I heard, saw that they're doing like the Beverly Hills one yeah. with like $7 million in El Monte. And you just see like, there were like these 10, 20 people just run in and then run out. People being followed, and you know the, the half a million dollar watch guy, the, the girlfriend got shot. And it's like, why wouldn't you just give up the watch? Dude? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, dude, you know, it's probably insured. Because people are like are desperate, and desperate yeah. times mm-hmm. call for desperate measures. That, that's why I tell people, look, keep your head on a swivel, dude. When you go out, you know, when you go out, is, it's that, like, is that like the prison terminology of that? just like making sure that you're always looking around? Yeah, absolutely. Keep your head on a swivel. Like if you know your head's in the phone, you're a sitting duck. Like you don't know what's happening. Like you see something weird, do something about it. Like you get always go with your gut. Yeah, you know, always trust yeah. your gut. Never be like, oh, I'm in you know Irvine or I'm in Newport. Like right. it doesn't happen. Yes, it does because the criminal mind is like, I'm gonna go where the money is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously in Compton and watch or whatever. It's right. like you know, it, it, everybody got a gun. You know, right, like, right, but, right, but right. it's like they're, it's easy, and then follow them home, and then bam, you know. They're, so they're they're getting more and that's resourceful. Where I feel like I'm so naive when it comes to shit like that. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm safe. 
right? And that's the biggest misconception that I think people can have because they're comfortable. They're, they're just, yeah. and then it's like, when it happens, like, oh my God, they're just, it's just a sitting duck, you know? Like, so I tell people just when you're walking to your car, stay right. off your phone and just keep your head on a freaking swivel yes. and have a little thing of mace or something, yeah. and, you know? Yeah. But if obviously... It, it, well, you it, hear so many freaking stories on, on the kidnap, like kid kidnappings mm. and how you know they'll just get trucks and they'll park you know in mm-hmm. a in a shopping mall and they'll park right next to the car and then, that way when you're putting in the baby they just snatch the baby they yeah. put them in their truck and they fucking take yeah so off. if you see something weird like a weird van or truck or something parked next to you just have security walk like hey you exactly. know what? that's what they're there for exactly that, exactly. that's what, or, or if you see a you know a, a gentleman or a yeah. couple or something hey you, can i walk with you guys yeah. like it's not weird it's safety right you know what i mean safety in numbers because, uh, did you do a lot of criminal stuff no no. I've never done crimes against people. Well, I, I, <laughs> well. I, I mean, I, I, I was, I was, I've always been the dealer, you know, yeah. um, I've always sold drugs. So yeah. like, so that was like your kryptonite. Yeah. That was, I it mean, was, the money and the lifestyle yeah. and like, you know, just, I mean, like I even was thinking about writing like a book because, yeah. um, so don't worry no, guys, he yeah, didn't yeah. kill anybody. No, no, that's, I'm not, I'm, I'm no, no I have the biggest yeah. heart. Like yeah. I'm just such a softy. I'm a care bear. Yeah. And it's just never been my thing. I hate violence. Um, you know, the whole time that I was in prison, I never got in one fight Yeah. because I could always talk and really? talk things down and yeah. And that's, that's unheard of. I want to know? talk a little bit about prison okay. cause I feel like I'm so curious about sure. shit. Shoot. I feel like I yeah. want you to like, just spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know everything. So, prison in the '90s is, was way different versus prison now. The fact that you were even in the prison in, or in prison in the '90s. Yeah, I yeah I started at 18, 1999. Oh my gosh! Um, I started. Oh my god, this embarrassing. Well, I started cooking meth at, in in Las Vegas, and. I I got so good that I started working with the mob out there. And I don't know if you've seen the movie Casino. Yes. So the last of the Mohicans, uh, I was working with them. And I was going to, like, mansions. And, like, like I'm talking about, like, you know, this guy, Lou and, and, and Tommy and Tony. You know, they, and, like, they were like, hey, this is Carlito from L.A. I'm like, hey, all right. And I'm like, I'm hanging out with these, like, super, super um, gorgeous models. And I'm just, like, inside I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm on the But like, on the outside I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. Oh, like, you know, God. I was so intimidated on the inside. But I was just like, like I was a walking god. Like, literally – I had all the dealers and from every hotel, like I've cooked open every hotel in Vegas, like Bellagio and the Paris. And I don't think I've ever told you this, but yeah. No. Yeah. And so when I got busted, I got busted, um, uh, largest meth lab bus west of the Mississippi in like 1999. Remember when you came over and had that yes. safe full of money? I was like, yeah. wait, so I was like nine. Nine, yeah. And, and I, he's mm-hmm. like, I want to show you something. And he like opened the safe and he had like a shit ton of money yeah. and like, I don't even know what else you had in there, like jewelry or yeah. something. And I was like, what the f- Fuck. Yeah, yeah, and and so I ended up getting raided there, and uh, and they took everything. Yeah, they took everything, and I uh, went to jail for I got four years. I think I did like three, three on that. Huh? Yeah. So in, uh, so that was in Nevada. I did prison in Nevada, um, and uh, you know it's was, it was rough. It was just, yeah. it was rough there because that was your first time. That was my first time. And what Super what happens the first time that you're in there? So I mean, like obviously, do they you, know you, it's your first time? No, no. But it, obviously, it's like sharks versus like little yeah. guppies, you yeah. know. And so you you know you in, being in county, it's like you you 
you pick the crowd. You have to obviously, it's very racial in there. So once you go in, people hit you up like, hey, well, what are you? You know, if you're white, do you roll white? If you're black, you roll black. If you're Asians, Asians roll with others. Others roll with You have to stay in your cultural circle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, like, I've seen where white, some whites run with the blacks. Some, and why is that? Um, just because the neighborhood they grew up in. Okay. So it's like some so people. So you have to, like, is there, like, the head of the group? Yeah, they'll, 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 there's like, always a like a welcoming party, right? They'll, they'll be like the three, like made, you know, the white guy, the Hispanic, the paisa, uh, the black, and they'll be like, hey, you know, as people are walking in, they're 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 greeting their their race, and oh, they hey, do? yeah, they they greet them and they say, hey, okay, I'm so and so, and uh, what's your name? Okay, um, what do you roll? Like they say, what do you roll? And then they're like, oh, I'm I'm this or I'm that. And what oh, if you or, don't know where you are? <laughs> they, well, kid, yeah, yeah, really, right? So that, they'll they'll put like if someone says, well, I don't know, well, where do yeah. you grow up okay oh, i grew up in in, in Islos. okay so then you're a homie but you, if you're you a gang member well yeah then you're a homie you're a south sider or whatever but if you know you roll homie and you're not from a gang then you're a resident what? yeah and so then um there's like major politics oh in super super ma- well not anymore now really now i'll no? tell you about that now oh my gosh i feel like we're gonna have to pause here uh-huh. and then we're gonna pick up and you're gonna go to patreon to listen to the rest of this episode because i feel like it's gonna get really freaking good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i'm gonna stop you right here um thank you for being here yes, thank you i love you thank you i love you too uh, i'm so proud of you oh thank you and i'm i'm proud of you too i'm glad that you're sitting here i'm glad that you're being vulnerable enough to yeah. open and share absolutely um and please come back i want to i want to get everyone sure. to answer questions or i want yeah, you to answer questions and That'd all cool. that so make sure you guys go to patreon right now and finish and go listen to the rest of this episode and i will see you all next week thank you all so much for listening and and being here and being open to all of these conversations with my brother i know it can be triggering for some because we're talking about uh you know drugs and addiction and I know it's not easy trust me it's not easy for him or or myself to to listen to and to hear it it brings back a lot of memories but you know what that's it's part of the healing process and I feel like if he can help one person then we are doing the right thing so thank you guys so much make sure to go to patreon to listen to um the part two of our conversation which like I said earlier is hilarious and so eye-opening so make sure to go to patreon.com uh forward slash humble and hungry or just go to my instagram um, or my uh website nataliepouchet.com and uh sign up there love you all so much and i will see you next week remember stay humble and stay hungry <laughs>